Welcome, everyone. I'm so excited to tell you about this podcast. It's called The DK Project, but it's really The Darren Show. The DK Project is a radio show, but without the radio. So sit back, buckle up, and enjoy the ride. Let's go! We need to get to Mars. I asked about the gum. No, come. Welcome back. The DK Project rolls on. We are Friday, the gateway to the weekend. Actually, it's not the gateway. It is the weekend. We are in the weekend, and somehow we've got uh, Terry in for another visit. We had some, uh, well, a lot of things left unsaid after the double feature earlier in the week. So he stopped on in on a Friday, brought some uh, cordials, and uh, we're getting through it. See, on a regular FM station, this is not allowed. You can't do that because the old terrestrial radio, mm-mm-mm-mm. old mother hen won't have it. You can say hi. Hello. You, you, <laughs> I noticed that when you were here last week, there wasn't a lot of hello or anything. It was just right into, you just get right into it. Interviewer's dream. Is it really? Hey, you know what I'm working on right now? What? Listen to this. This started today. So I have the podcast and I have a, a, a commercial voiceover business and I have some real estate businesses and I use the internet like, like it's a survival thing, right? I got to have internet. So I can only have frontier communications here. So I'm not going to bore the listeners with the story because I've told it a thousand times, but I call, they called me again today because uh, I don't get a bill in the mail. So they want to know where their payment is, but my upload speed right here is one, one <laughs> meg. So people, you'll be getting this show in about three years. Takes a little. So I call them. I'm like, I just, if you could get me to five, that'd be awesome. Cause they sold me this bullshit story about uh 90 meg service. Well, not, and they came out, gave me two modems, double billed me for all this shit. Oh, 90 meg isn't in your area. I said, well, then why did we go through all this? I mean, you, you pay the rate some, too, probably. You get, oh, you get some idiot every time you call. And, it, and it's the most frustrating. So you know what I did today? I dialed up my old gal, Courtney Godfrey, over at Fox 9. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Let's get the media involved here because we don't have a choice. Is it's Courtney a, coming out? Well, she hasn't responded just yet, but. That's because you your email didn't get to her. It'll get to her in about three days. Well, you got one, sir. I go I, my, with mine. It goes the long way around. <laughs> I don't take the direct path. I go all the way around. I saw that guy out front on the horse with the little leather sash, and he was sticking a note in and taking off. That's so that must mail. be your one. That's my mail. <laughs> That's, you got mail. That's my guy. Don't knock it. You make horse noises. <laughs> I, a Terry came in today with his notebook. It says a lot, doesn't it? And on top of the notebook, it says. Speak slowly. <laughs> That's it. That's all the notes for today. So we uh, we've had a crazy week. It's been uh, it's been a whirlwind of madness. The new uh, the new Viking schedule's out. I uh, I haven't taken a look at it, but I think it said it starts in September. Did you get that schedule? I did. I got an email to me today, and I'm not going to pull it up. But basically, uh, they I think are still trying to figure out how they're going to pull off preseason with the whole issues. Why don't they cancel it? I would, I'm suspecting they will. Because nobody gives a shit about preseason anyway. Right. And they're going to just jump right into it. Give us a couple more regular season games and uh, and get rid of your preseason. It's a joke. Coaches like it though for assessment reasons. So they're- Assessment of what? Who's going to sit on the bench longer than 
Anyone else? Well, no, it's the guys in the bubble, you know, the ones who really show up on those and they, they can handle those pressure situations and the speed of the game. Because I'll tell you, people always say, is it that fast? And I would say, have you ever watched high school games and then gone to a gopher game? Yeah. You notice there was a significant speed difference? For sure. There's an equal difference in speed going from the gophers to the pros. And I don't think that the people and even players are cognizant of that until they realize it in real time. So they don't get a full squad of people. Even the guys who just made camp are faster than almost all of the college kids out there, you know? So so that is a that that's something you can't you can look at film and see how they did in college and and then there's this showtime thing where they are actually Showtime. Oh, there's my pen. They uh they uh open up with the Packer on the 13th of right. September. So what you're saying is there may not be any preseason games. When when do we normally start? We normally start in August, don't we? Well, I'm no authority though. But yeah, we start in August. And last year it started in August. And that's then that's every single weekend pretty much till January. But you know what the good news is? Yes. Only one Monday night game. Is it really? Yes. Where is it? Uh, so we, uh, we only have to sit through the Booger McFarland thing. Isn't that his name? Booger McFarland, the Monday night guy? Ugh. It is uh, November 16th. Where? Here or there? At the Bear. In Chicago? At the Bear. It's going to be okay. a chilly one. In the wind, the windy city. Yeah, that, yeah, that's uh, that's not chilly yet there. But uh, the West Coast Monday night games are the worst because you literally get home. You know, I think morning because after you the leave game, right away, right yeah, after the game. Yeah, after the game, that there's you get on the bus. It's a police escort to the airport. They clear for takeoff. If you take off from the West Coast, say it's you know, and then there's a time difference. So you get in around three, four in the morning and four thirty sometimes, whatever, and then you end up back at the facility. Players literally go straight home and then we get this equipment back in the lockers and kinda in and You do all that that immediately, yeah. The thing wow. about Well, you asked before Was you that know, an all nighter then? It's definitely an all nighter. And I'm not a big sleeper on a plane. I just watch a lot of movies. So yeah, I have a hard time on the planes. That's why, you know, those people like like Dan Marino like to climb in the back of the truck and slam some booze because they would actually <laughs> fall asleep. And the A squad down. The A squad gets the uh first class with the pods where they lie down. Oh, you know, and sure. So but then you that's like the starters. And they the put captains. those big, big linemen, not starters, gotta sit and coach. They sit and coach. Yeah. Jeez. Yes. That alone would make me work so hard to get front line. <laughs> they I, don't. I, uh, they don't seat us next to each other. There's a space in between all of us. But yeah, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. A lot of those guys don't have the girlish figure that uh, fits in a plane seat. Especially, what do you guys charter? Sun Country? No, no, it's uh, Delta. Oh well, no wonder why the ticket prices are so high. Jesus. So you go with them? Do you go with them to every game? Yep. Actually, all these stories, I'll jump in with a story on the airlines. There was a, uh, I think it was two years ago now, maybe three already, where the airlines called a lot of the teams and said, you know what, we, we don't want your business. I'm sorry. 
go find some other carrier to do it. And the league got involved and even called every all the teams and said, are you okay? Do you need us to communicate with the airlines? Because it happened in the 11th hour. And although the rates were going up and up and up, charging to the football teams, they just decided that it wasn't profitable. So I said to our Delta rep, because they have a, each football, baseball, hockey, they have, a, they have a rep from that airlines. If it's Hawaiian Air and Seattle flies Hawaiian Air or whatever, they would have a rep on the oh, plane. Sure. So that rep, uh, ours is a great guy, Nick Scott. And uh, I said, hey, Nick, what's the deal? You know, I, I don't get it. You know, the, 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 the contract is X and it's a lot of money. It seems like you should be making money. And he said, well, actually, just one football team bumps and creates 10,000 some uh, rescheduled Whoa. flights because how the airline industry does it is they take and they bump down. So they, they take the large, we get these A330s and that's uh, you know one of the bigger uh, planes in the air now. And then if we take one out of the system, because there are no extra planes, we had, we had a couple of situations. I remember once we were in New England and the stair truck or food truck, it might've been, as they drive up to the plane, poked a, a hole in the skin of the plane and they had to go find another plane. Come on. And so we, we were lucky. We only, we sat in the locker room in New England and watched football on TV for three hours or so. Do I know about this? Was that, that made the news, didn't it? Uh, probably. The funnest one was in Green Bay when our plane went off the runway and, uh, Come on. Yeah. You Winter remember game? that one? Yeah. So anyway, let me go back because ADD, I got to know. Focus. Slowly. You should write on the top where it says speak slowly, put focus. focus. I'm writing focus. Write that a little bigger than what you did for slow <laughs> speaking. Okay. So let me go you back. You don't need to speak slow because my internet upload speed, it'll slow everything down for you. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go back. So you can imagine how fast we really speak. So- in the New England case, they found one, but they had to actually pull a plane out of the service. So you can imagine 300 people sitting somewhere where they get the thing that says cancel. Oh. And they literally deadheaded a plane that took, you know, it might even come from the they West Coast. They bumped a whole deal? They just said, you're out of here. We got a services <laughs> team. So they, they flew the plane to us and we, we went home. But there was one year that the Eagles had during camp, the same thing, so someone... I think it was the uh, stair truck then poked a hole in the skin of the plane and they ground it immediately. How often does this happen? I don't think much, but uh, in that case, uh, we were already at the airport and Delta called and said, hey, you know, there's an issue. Um, it might've been, yeah, it was Philadelphia actually was coming in. And they, they already were at the airport, the whole team was in Philly. And the coaches are, because these are young kids, they don't let them go home because they might not get them back. And, and there was always- <laughs> like a always, little league team. <laughs> it is. There's always one player or so that, that you know, can't say bye to mama or whatever. And, they, <laughs> and he misses a plane and that's infuriating for a coach. So when they have the team, they don't let them go. So the coach said, uh, we're not letting them go. We're putting them in a hotel. So they, they stayed in the hotel in Philly at the airport. It took them all night to get another plane. And then they got on it and they showed up here in the morning for a game that day, but it was preseason. So it didn't matter if they ha didn't have proper pre preparation. Oh. So that was one story. And then there was uh, in, uh What happens when the dude misses the plane? Oh, do coaches get mad? They go, it's on you. You got to go find yourself a flight. And if you don't show up, then they penalize them a lot. 
and then they get, there's more and more replications, percussions, but they, they really lay it on that player. And, and these are like repeat kind of offender type players. So coaches, we don't, our coach really likes to pick guys who are coachable. So we don't really have any problems, but I remember. Even at that level, oh, the professional level, you got guys that can't get up and get to the They're plane. college kids now. You got to remember that. Jesus. And so they get them in, they show up, they, they, they kind of make it there sometimes last minute, but there's many stories through the years where guys miss the planes and they're just infuriated. So the best time though was we, we were going to Green Bay and um, I truck the stuff, right? On the close games, we fly. So we, we truck to Chicago and Green Bay. We used to truck to Detroit, but now we fly. Um, when you fly, does all that fit on one plane or do you have to send a separate plane? It, and that's an interesting thing now, digressing. Uh, you better make notes. You remember focus. to go back. I went to my notes. Focus. So back in the old days, you know, 28 years ago, we fit into a 727. Do you remember how little those things were? Yeah. They're, they're tiny. And, and I remember Dallas came in with a 727 and they had a long range fuel tank underneath because they took that plane to Europe. Well, the long range fuel tank took up about a third of the, of the cargo bay on a 727, which meant there was hardly anything there, room for, and we fit it all in. So by standards of pounds, Dallas traveled back then with probably 7,000 pounds. Green Bay shows up with 33,000 pounds. What? Now. Yeah. And, th and they take two Is planes. Is that just Brett's shit? <laughs> yeah. They take two planes though. Green Bay does. Two smaller planes because there's no big plane that'll hold their stuff. They, Why do they, they have so much shit? A uh, lot of cheese it grows, in there? Yeah, it grows. No, not just Green Bay. Every Anytime a coach goes somewhere and he says, hey, you know what they have over there? And then they expect to have it at the next place. And it's just been growing through the decades and also there used to be seven coaches in the early days of the Vikings. Now there's 20 some. Oh. So, so there's staff grew tremendously. Team sizes have stayed the same. Um, but the cargo holds, we used to fit on a 757. No, no team can hardly ever fit on a 757 cargo wise anymore. Uh, there are a lot of teams that drive everywhere now because they just can't fit on the plane. They put it on a semi and go. Is that one semi worth of stuff? It's one semi was worth of stuff, yeah. So what do you guys fly on now? A an A three thirty is the only thing that will comfortably fit our stuff, and you know how big they are. Wow, They're 300 that's the bus, people. isn't it? It's the Airbus. The Airbus, yeah. It's a big Airbus. Jesus. We 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 used to fit on fifty sevens, then we didn't fit on them. Then we fit on the stretched fifty sevens, then we didn't fit on them. So so there may not be a day we ever outgrow a three thirty. I would assume because that we even went. I to, would hope not. When we go to Europe, they give us. Uh, the monster Airbuses. It used to be seven six sevens or seven four sevens. I mean, when they went to Europe, when those, but when they decommissioned those, then it went to the biggest Airbus, because NFL Europe actually keeps a lot of equipment there for the teams to practice with. They keep the sleds and oh. all that stuff. So the big stuff, they don't have to travel. They just have to travel with their normal equipment. You don't bring that shit when you go to wherever. No, no, no only. You no, know, uh, basics. no out of country shit this year. All, yeah. all domestic. Which is a dream for the equipment managers. Oh, I'd imagine. The, yeah, for everybody. So it's silly. So I, I'll I'll tell something that I think is purely humorous. Going down another rabbit hole. It's this show of rabbit holes. 
um, that someday the hopefully they hole. converge back to one Full big circle. rabbit den. But uh, we were going into London and Dennis Ryan is the guy with the best sense of dry humor you've ever seen. And he's brilliant and uh, he's witty. And so his humor is, you would love him. Nice. And so we're, we're going to London and Dennis Ryan happens to be the, of the ethnicity of maybe an Irishman. <laughs> and uh, and I don't know if you know this, Dennis or not, but, Ryan. Uh, yeah, but the British and the Irish might, and like this, like Braveheart, there might be some dissonance between <laughs> the Irish and the English. And I know it's all good humor now. But, Just a Scotch lad. Yep, but Dennis doesn't give up on this good humor. So he writes on these boxes, English balls, a wee bit smaller. <laughs> and we thought it was hilarious. Well, Dennis and I come through customs. And I come through with a name like Pernsteiner, even though I found out I'm Scottish, but because my grandmother was almost fully Scottish, but I didn't know that till last year, but I'm thinking I'm purely German. So I get, he and I are ahead of the whole t team, the whole entourage, because we have to get the equipment through customs and get this stuff to this fancy place where we're, we're where the Clintons did holiday. Of course. And we were out at these pitches that were out in the country at a very nice, um, uh, kind of a country club thing, but it's where the professional hockey, uh, hockey football Soccer. team um, did their, actually it was their setup, but they let the NFL go there and tear up their nice pitches with their cleats. Um, but we get up to the customs first and the customs sees my name, Pernsteiner, and <laughs> just lets me right through. And I'm standing there waiting. There's just Dennis and I, and the whole team is behind us and there's there's red cords because in tons of cameras, you know, the NFL is coming to Europe and there's like 17 million people watching us roll in. And uh, and Dennis is at customs now and he and I are there. I, I'm standing there waiting on him because I just got through like that. And they see his name and they go, now they set up a single custom station for our team. We're not going through. So, so, oh, sure, so they sure. know who we are and why we're there. They say, they say to Dennis, so uh, why are you here? And he says, uh, you know, I, I just got through and he knows why we're here. There's a corded red velvet corded walkway for us to keep the media on one side. And it's right there. And he goes, uh, well, I'm here with the football team. Football? Oh, you're with the soccer team? <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, I can't say a thing because you don't say anything to customs. No. They'll, they'll turn on you. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, this is kind of funny. <laughs> and, uh, and Dennis is like very polite because he knows you don't mess with customs. And he goes, no, American football. American football. So you're with, what is American football? He's got this guy held up now for minutes on end. And the team's right behind, right on our heels, because we got off the plane, we ran up ahead of him. And now if it jams up, you know, it's going to cause some logistics for Dennis and I. We got to get to the freight forwarder and get all this stuff going. And they just won't let Dennis go. And now we get to our stuff and he's like, turn the boxes around, turn the boxes around. English balls, a wee bit smaller. And, uh, and it's like, almost like the guy saw those boxes, but he didn't. So I just thought it was hilarious. You <clears throat> shut it down. How many times have you gone over there? Twice. God, it's got to be a cluster. Another just... rabbit hole. Yeah. So the first game we were over there, we played Pittsburgh Steelers, and Steelers did not, because of budget reasons, bring ball boys. So we went into their because locker of room. budget reasons? Yes. They are very, very, very frugal. And, uh, and the owner was great. Dan Rooney. Isn't that Hershey that owns that? Dan Heights. Rooney. That's, that's, that's Steelers. What now we're say? talking about, did I say, yeah, I did say Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, didn't I? Yeah. Um, no, you're right. So, so, uh, who's Rooney? It was, it was the Steelers. 
Um, Rooney owned the Steelers. So, so you got it right. And thank you for correcting it and letting me slow down. Talk slowly, oh, think yes. slowly. So, <laughs> so we were, Dan Rooney was the ambassador uh, to Ireland for the United States. He was so Irish. Oh, the wow. owner of the Steelers. Fantastic guy. So, okay. so um, anyway, we go in the locker room to say hi to their equipment guy, Rogers Vogelvie. Great guy. Rogers Vogelvie. Great name, huh? Yeah. And so Rogers says, hey, guys, uh, you know, they didn't bring any, they didn't give me any money to bring ball boys. Me and my buddy Hof were doing balls and uh, two gray-haired guys, you know, and, and he goes, will you do ours for us? And I'm like, yeah. So we're doing balls for both sides, right? And uh, and so that's, you're busy. You're throwing balls in constantly. Normally when they have possession, you just kind of hang around and talk to people on sidelines. And that's when I was like given you know, whoever's on the sidelines. So you're you know. doing both sides. Which is unheard of, right? So we're doing both sides. And, and I look down and the chain gang guys are standing right next to each other. And they're supposed to be 10 yards apart because that's what a first down is in the NFL. And I look down and I look up at him and I, and I grab the chain and I yank on it. And the, and the guy's all smiles. He goes, I said, I said, I fucking said, I said, I said, I fucking said, I said, I fucking And I, I, I don't know what you're saying. I yank on it. He just smiles. And, I just, and then I'm throwing balls. And finally the referee sees this. He runs off to the side and he just screams at him every word in the book. And he yanks on it and they smile at him and go, I said, I said, I fucking said, I said, I fucking said, I fucking said. And he goes, looks at me and I go, I don't know what they're saying. Only word is, we, we only word we know is he, we hear him say fuck. We don't know what else they're saying. He runs back off because there's no TV timeout. There's no timeout, anything. He just ran off because this is this is serious. You got to guys got to mark a first down because this is the game of, of American right. football. And we heard that they were um, American football coaches, but they obviously weren't. They didn't know what a first down was. And so then there's a timeout an actual TV timeout. So we have a few minutes. So he comes over, the, the official, and he's so nice then. And I go, man, you're good. Because we're supposed to get the Europeans to like American football. Right. That's not the whole idea. scream at them while they smile at us and say, us, 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 us. it's like that Robin Williams Scottish golf skit. It was just like that. And so, uh, so, so, so that was, that, that was a crazy. Uh, so do we bring our own officials over there then? We bring our own officials, but, but we don't bring our own sideline guys to do the chains. They tried and tried, but the league was too frugal. God, I tell you, it's so weird to hear frugal when you're talking billions of dollars. Yes, industry. that's crazy. The NFL has has several entities. It's the teams, which are the owners, and then there's NFL properties out of uh, New and York. They do all Park the other Avenue. shit, like the they like own, the refs. They own that. the brand. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I think about that going to Europe and they were supposed to go to Mexico City this year too. So do the math on this. I told you a West Coast team, if you had a Monday night game in West Coast, you, you know, just even not even a Monday night, just a, a a night game or a, you know, it's night game on the in the West Coast and not with the time difference. They, right. they start at one o'clock in the afternoon, whatever. So it's it's really late and, and teams are wiped out. And uh, like going to Europe, teams have a choice of either showing up on Thursday or spending the whole week there. We spent the whole week there the first time at this place, which was actually the most fascinating place. Uh, I can't think of the name of it, but uh, where, the, where the Clintons holidayed. And there were the groundskeeper, it was a golf course too, part of it. And I'm out there mingling around and talking to the groundskeepers and whatnot too, because I, I am so excited to be in England. And he goes, uh, have you seen the bunkers? And I said, what are you talking about? 
And he goes, uh, let me show you. So he takes me down this one fairway. We go into the woods and uh, it's like Harry Potter. And, and here's this thing, there's a fence. And he goes, look in here. And I look over the fence and there's this concrete arch. And he goes, there's miles of bunker here from World War II. I said, no what? kidding. And uh, you couldn't see it because it's all hidden in the woods because if they come in over bombing, you had to hide it. So they, so I told Pete Bursich is, is a historian, history nut. And I said, hey, Pete, you got to see these things. And he's like, can you show me? So we went down in there with our cell phones. And then I think he brought in a TV crew too to, to show them. And inside these, you go down these things and there's a T and there's just painted like E7 on the wall because you could get lost. They were this... This old- They're all connected. They're all connected. There were mi several miles of them down there. And on the side were frames and then wood that would rot it off. So they had seating. So if there was an air raid, they would go down there and it was the headquarters for the railroad um, of the British empire. Really? So, and the railroad then was what moved all of the artillery and, and supplies. So if they could take out the railroad, so they moved this place out in the country and, uh, and so I'm down there with Pete and I say, Hey Pete, don't bats like caves? He goes, uh Oh yeah, I suppose. He said, I hate bats or something. And I go, man, you know, I think we went far enough. So we go back out. I Googled it and it had the largest population of this particular bat that lived in these very things, these bunkers we were in. <laughs> Can you imagine if they took off? Cause we freaked them out and it would be like a scene from, I don't know what we'd been on the ground with, you know, covered what? in guad. I was in a, uh. I was at a voiceover conference in Austin, Texas, and I stayed at the Four Seasons. Not because I wanted to, because uh, I got a free ride if I stayed there, which mathematically I probably should have figured out. Cheaper to pay for a ride than it is to, I ended up paying for the damn car anyway. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm like, I go down to the deal because I'm down there by myself and I go down to the concierge and I'm like, hey, if you're, if you're first time in Austin, what are you, what are you going to see? Like, what's the go-to? Yeah. And she said, well, you got to see the bats. I said, what do you mean the bats? Well, there's this huge bridge behind the Four Seasons. It happens to be behind the Four Seasons. And at dusk, like 100,000 bats fly out from underneath there. And people line up. The boats line up in the river. There's people everywhere to see these bats. And I was there for like four days. And I said, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know that I care, you know. So anyway, I'm on the phone with the wife on like the third day checking in and standing in my window, which faces the bridge. And I'm like, oh, I'll maybe look for these bats, you know? But then I got caught in the middle of, it's, it's too dark for me to see from my room, but I don't have enough time to get out of the building. So I missed them. But I'm like, bats? Really? Bats? I but love yeah, them. People they, eat that, love that shit. They eat up insects. So they're, they're a fantastic critter. They're just like flying mice. So they scare us, but. Well, and everyone has a story about chasing one around the house with a tennis racket. Well, there's a story going around about a flu that came from a bat. Have you heard that one? Mm -mm. <laughs> uh, no, we're not talking to any flu today. No <laughs> flu at all. Uh -uh. So I, I think that you get to go explore all these bunkers and all this shit while the team's practicing? No, no. Or what was, are you doing? I mean, like once you get they there- They have morning and afternoon practices. So in between there- So are you at the practices? Yeah. Yeah, we help with the practice and get them going. There was this one practice that was amazing. Do you have to wear like gear and shit? No. Do you have to wear a helmet? I had to wear this little Batman cape, but that's about it. No. <sighs> no. So so the second time we were there though, I mean, it was that time. Like it's all mixed in. 
but uh, we they had to do a walkthrough, and they didn't have any place because we were at. Uh, oh no, it was the it was the last time. Anyway, it was one of the times we were there. The two times they went to this English castle, and the yard that was just full of like gopher mounds and stuff, and they set up. We they 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 we painted some lines in the grass, and there were cows standing right there. So we took a bunch of pictures with the cows standing behind us, and it was it was surreal. Did you that, go cow tipping? Not at all. But uh, here they are doing this, you know, this this NFL team with the cows standing on the other side of the fence in this English castle in the background. It, you just can't make that Man. stuff up. So there were some really cool scenarios. I we went to. I was in Ireland last year. We went to this Cliffs of Moher where all the wind and the big cliffs, and it's like, it's exactly the way they painted on TV. Like, I mean, it is, you know, I was in the Guinness commercial, you know, I mean, this was, and it's crazy when you actually get to that point where you have this picture, a scene, and you're like, I can't believe I'm actually doing this. Well, to me, it's surreal because, you know, I, I just, I get really excited about stuff like that. So what is your ethnicity? Mine? Mm-hmm. Mine. Listen to that voice change. Uh, I think I'm German and Norwegian. You haven't done the Ancestry.com or any of that? No. I, I, you know, there's a list that I have of shit that I don't care about at all. I'm going to put it on here. M And that's U pretty high. T-T. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so we're all mutts. I get that. I did, I, yeah, I don't, I know, uh, uh, I don't even know. You know, it's funny you say that because like uh, the you check the lineage to you know, who came over and when we got here. I don't know any of that. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know any of it. I don't know how many, how far back I got to go to get across the pond. So, you know, how easy it is. You spit in a vial and you send it in the mail for 70 bucks. Yeah, but I don't care. But I care. So I'm going to make you spit in a vial and spend 70 yeah, bucks. Yeah, but then and... they're going to know about me. Oh. <laughs> and they're going to have my DNA. I think they know enough about you. You know, you pay taxes. Yeah. And, yeah, and you you probably drew blood once or twice. Yeah, no, I <laughs> truly I don't care. There's people out there that are afraid of that stuff, though. Oh, I know a few. You know, there's no way. There's yeah. no way. Yeah. You know, I was just filling out this. Uh, uh, I'm working with this new company. Now. I got a couple of uh, agency representations now on the voiceover mm -hmm. world, but uh, they the, all of them, you know, this actor world, all of them say, "Are you male, female?" non-binary are you tempted to just you don't screw want to with that form don't you want to just once to screw with it i don't know you know what it's so so and i found this a lot like um like i deal with a lot of the californians yeah. in this industry and you really got to watch yourself oh i know you know here's a funny story i was in ireland with this dude that i had hung out with a bunch of times actually i was with him in austin you got to watch yourself with an irishman are you kidding me what don't, don't tell me this. No, he wasn't Irish. Huh? You were in Ireland. Okay. Yeah. I, I jumped in. And uh uh and so they we went to this place and they had really good pad thai. Yeah. So we go out to dinner at this pub, and me and this dude, who obviously we're both heavy eaters, he's like <laughs> Obviously, hey, why obviously? You want to swing through and get some pad thai on the way home? Like we're leaving yeah. dinner to go get some pad thai. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> For dessert. So we sit down and we're having pad thai and this guy's great. I mean, the stories were amazing. Just a big heart, big, you know, yeah. good soul. And he, and he's basically 
having an intervention with me. <laughs> He's like, dude, I know. Is this know- a food intervention? No, or, uh- no, no. We were we were fist to fist on the on the chow. It was legit. But I'm like, he's like, dude, I, I think you're a Trump guy. He goes, I, th- I think you're a Trump guy. And, and I'm, you know, I want to talk to you about that. I'm like, fuck you. Like, whether I am or am it, it doesn't matter. But these people are so, I was in a, I was in a class in Ireland. So Ireland is anti-Trump. Is that what you're saying? Or no, this, no, no, no. Guy? These were Americans. Oh, these are Americans. Oh, we were all, yeah, okay, no, we were all know. Americans over there. Well, there's one British lady, but whatever. So he was going to change your ways. He was, yeah, it was upset about it. Like they, and, and I actually had to unfriend him because he is so political. And I, I. Let's back, let's unpack that one. I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle. I'm not going to, I, I, I've had a stroke. I have a lot of stress in my life. I don't need to deal with this whole yeah. presidential bullshit. Like right, people right. get really upset about stuff. And yeah. you don't need to. But you started that conversation in our two interviews ago. So I, and I tried to say, you know, it's a really complicated issue because, yeah. but what really bothers me is when people get hating each other. Remember I said it became brother against brother and oh, all yeah. that stuff, mom against kid. And and that's where I go, it's not politics at this point. There's oh. There's insecurities and stubbornness that are that are the real issue, not politics. I have a friend whose whose sister and father, like, Stop damn near talking. disowned her. And and I you know who's I, the Trump guys? Are the dads or moms or the kid? I, I you know I don't think no the 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 dad and the sister were anti, and and my friend isn't a Trump person. She's just not, you know, and, and that's the whole thing. That's where I'm at. It's like. I, I like some of the stuff he does. I like I don't like some of the stuff he does. Yeah. But it's the same thing with Obama. It's the, you know it's with all of them. Right. But the problem is is that, uh, and I don't want this to be a political thing. But if you're not with them on that side of the street, yep. you're dumb. You don't know what you're doing. And it's like no. See, that's what I wanted to pull out of this conversation. It's something that, and I'm I'll try to do it quickly. Go. There, there's a um, there's a hold dynamic. on. Let me open up the political corner. I don't have an old there's a there's a dynamic that people have self interests on, and they first of all I, I said it before there's there's our stubbornness and our insecurities yes please and there's then there's the political dynamics but the 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 side of the politics is maybe less than we realize because they argue to be right no matter what the topic is in a sense because. Uh, I had a. But they don't even argue. They don't even want to hear the other side. Exactly. It's bullshit. They're so busy thinking about their response that they're not. Don't mind me. I'm getting comfortable. And wisdom is something that says you learn even from your enemies. I love that piece of description of wisdom. It's so true. You have to listen to everything because, yes, I said it. (laughs) I said it yesterday or something to my wife. I said, you know what? I've never said this before, but burping on the air, dude. No, I'm clearing my throat. Oh no, that's gassy discharge. You can't do that. (laughs) So we we don't have a cough button. We have a belch button. (laughs) Well, that's exactly the truth though. Cause, and that's what's so frustrating. And these people, uh, that I was, you know, that tend to be in the whole Hollywood world, they don't even want to hear your side. They don't want to hear anything other than what their side is. I so and that's you. what's so very frustrating. And that's why I don't get into, you know, is that arrogance? <sighs> is it insecurities? Is it, I mean, those are two opposite. I positions. think it's. I think it's a combination of both. I think a lot of it, really, if you get her down to brass tacks, is is they don't know. They don't know what they're talking about. 
And they, right. they've been programmed that Trump's a scumbag, Trump's a piece of shit, you know. Oh, he, he is absolutely an idiot sometimes. But I told you that. He was that since 1980s. But he, how, do these, how do these people talk but, about Trump like he's such a, a bum? Number one. Number one. But, but he does say the dumbest things and do. But at the same time, he's the most genius brander you'll ever meet. But, so you'll never beat him at his game. And yet at the same time, so I, I always have this. I, I like to do this. I hold up three fingers and I point at the middle one and I say, the outside ones, it's so it's idiot, savant, idiot. Whatever your gift is, there's usually an idiot on both sides of your gifting because you're only good usually at, at a kind of a specific thing. So if you try to expand on that, you're going to look pretty stupid. No one's good at everything. So so he's classic idiot, savant, idiot. His savant is his branding and what you said before. He created something out of, um, yeah, he came out with a lot of money, but he created some real real value in his brand. And that's him. Well, he gets shit done. You know I mean? Like I've read his, his books and, and, uh, that kind of thing. I mean, from a real estate perspective, he gets shit done. Now he's driven though. Talk about that. How much of that is dry? Because he, look at, think of the, think of the work of being a president. Why would someone at his age in life want to work that hard? Be, beside, you know, there's a legacy piece and but because I don't always buy that people put themselves into public position because of simply their good heart and their altruism. I think sometimes it's simply because of their need, their worthiness issues, to be honest with you, to show, you know, to, because at some be. point, at some point it starts to look like ego and arrogance. And so, so that's where I go. It gets really dicey. You know how many politicians that you and I have met that you go, wow, why are they in Washington? And, and then there are some that are absolutely phenomenal that you understand why they're there. But there's too many of them that are there that you go, how disordered are they? I thought I was screwed up. Man, that guy's or gal's well, really out there. But you get these people that come in and they absolutely spit on the name. Number one, still the leader of the free world. Let's show him some respect. This is a problem. Yeah. You have to be able to respect people, even if you don't agree with them all the time. That's why we have these problems because people don't respect anyone. They don't respect cops. They don't respect, uh, I agree. I you know, border you. patrol, any yep. of this kind of shit. And then you flip the coin. Yep. And how do you get behind Nancy Pelosi? How do you get behind, how, how are you going to talk bad about Trump yeah. and you're going to get behind Biden? He can't even finish a sentence. And that's not, that's, that's proven. Like the guy is not all there. And this is the best you got? But neither is, so how do you neither have is that? Donald. So my point is politicians aren't, aren't complete packages. No. That's what they, I think. Term limits. To your point before, he's human. If, if, if more, this isn't a problem about Donald Trump. This is a societal thing. Society has, has chosen him. And, and there's even a, uh, there's a religious belief that, that God puts leaders in place. So if you want to go and get really spiritual, yes. you know, that, that, then you can go all the way down to there. So that the argument to your point is he's there and he's the leader. Military can only function because they do not question. They just act upon their leaders. So there is a, there's a real, there's an important process of leadership that has to have respect on down. And, it is so in place that there's a there's still a queen in place in in England, you know. So there, yeah, she's older than dirt. Yep, but but just, but humans 
humans have, there's, there's this, well, there's both a need and there's a function. But anyway, we're digressing. So, so, so I think it's more of a societal thing. And let me throw this in there. So when I had a big discussion with someone that's very close to me who was really hung up on old growth trees and uh, that was the passion. And then what? it was oil companies. And, 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 and I'm like, you get, you're talking about Hollywood there now, you get it? So you're getting this Hollywood personality type. And so I was say, trying to play devil's advocate saying, because my belief is there, the solutions are in the middle. So I said, if everyone, to your point before, who doesn't get on the bandwagon is an idiot, because both sides say, if you don't believe what I believe, you're an idiot. Well, both sides aren't an idiot, but it just makes both of them look like idiots. If they say, in the case of old growth trees or petroleum uh, as an interest, if you're so vehemently against it, you show me one of those people in old Hollywood or one of those, one of those um, uh, corporate types that have these positions or, or you know, whether it's nouveau or old money, they are diversified. And if you look into their investments, they're into oil, they're into forestry products, and guess what they do? They harvest those things. So my position with this person is, if we can just start and say, we are all part of the problem. If we start to say, I, we all have to say, we are part of the problem, not you idiot on the other side. Because in this particular place, I said, let me ask you about your deck. You have a really large deck. What's that made out of? They, they lived on the West Coast, Redwood. I said, or was it cedar? I can't remember. But why did you choose that? Because it's cheaper than treks and some of these bandwidth. So I said, exactly. People follow their self-interest. And if they just say, we're all in it because we all, we all invested in the oil. We all, so we're so all. you tied political views mm -hmm. into the difference between redwood and treks decking. You have to. Because Man. if you really look at what we do is we we, 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 we protect our self-interest, which is our checkbook. If someone wants to, America wants to retire early. Well, that means they go into the 401ks and all that. And guess what they're into? They're into all the things that those people that you talk about are vehemently against. They're investing in them heavily, maybe even heavier than you. And they're arguing with you that you you shouldn't be into Trump or whatever. So, so we're all, we're all part of this but problem. But doesn't it stem back to the point where we're in this society? It's the soccer society. These, these, everybody gets a ribbon. We don't want anybody to feel bad. You, 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 you know, you don't want to have any emotion at all. Isn't that kind of where it ties back to like, like these people don't know how to deal with controversy. They don't know how to deal with confrontation. Yeah, they, I do. You're an idiot. Well, and that, <laughs> that's how they do it. Yeah. Right. Or, or they'll, they'll run home crying or they'll run home, get a gun, come back and blow the whole place up. I mean, don't, don't we all just love the, the public debaters that are able to go shake hands afterwards and say, you did a great job on that. You really got me on this point. Unfortunately, the people that you talk about don't do that. I was going to say, does that ever happen? They do. The, the real, what is that, like a seventh grade spelling bee where they're doing that? No, people are really good at apologetics and at, uh, at, at political debates are able to walk away saying, Hey, you know, I might even learn something today. Um, nah, it's not guys. just politics. It's, it's religious people do the same thing because they consider all the other religions idiots. And there, there's this great author that wrote this book called, it called Everything Belongs. His name's Richard Rohr. And in the beginning of it, he is this, he's, a, he's a Franciscan priest. I grew up Catholic, not a Catholic. 
Uh, now, what's uh, a Franciscan? What's that? Y- you'll see. It's it's uh it's kind of a sect, but <laughs> you'll see. You'll see. We'll get there. But uh, but the first thing he said in this religious book was we we should really respect the Eastern religions. And I said, oh, I like this guy because they meditate. And on our Western cultures, we're so busy, busy, busy. We don't meditate. So we could learn something from the Eastern religions. See, there's wisdom again. This, this thing that some people would say, oh, they're our enemies or they're this. They have something that you could learn from. And that's why I say the premise of, of, of this wisdom is something that you could learn from everybody. And I love that because he just, I said, you know, I can listen to this guy because he has an open enough mind to say something like that. He had me at hello. There you go. That's the end of the political corner for today. I was going to say that too. I, uh, hey, I got, uh, I, I watched, um, do you ever watch or listen to Joe Rogan's podcast? Yes. He's, he's almost as famous as you. Well, easy, easy. He's got a little work to do. Um, he had Elon Musk on again this week. I heard he was the driest interview. He always is. That dude is. Joe wore himself out, I heard, trying to get him to answer. That guy is so, I mean, I'm not finished with it yet, but that guy, Elon Musk, is so like, so far ahead of the average person. Like, like he thinks a lot before he speaks, which is good. No, 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 no. Stop right there. I'm going to make you unpack that one. What? I witnessed on this. When you put something on the internet, something that I, I have very raw conversations in real life. I am very authentic and transparent. Yeah. That when you get on the air and and he's a huge personality that everyone's listening to on a the most popular podcast, he has to be calculating. So so I'm Second saying most popular. Yeah, right behind you. But so I'm saying that <laughs> that he's not authentic. He didn't get high like the Tesla dude and lose his board position because he was being real. He um, is the Tesla dude. Wait a minute. Is that the guy who lost the board position because he got high on him for the first time? Yeah. So he so that that's better yet. So he got scolded and and clipped so badly the first interview by just hanging it all out that now he's super calculating and reserved because no that he one, was that way in the first one too. He's like so he, he was when he got high. He was that the same way. He didn't get high. He took a little pull off that. He didn't get high. Okay. It was just totally for show. But you know now that we've been talking, I think I figured it out that maybe he speaks in real time. But Joe Rogan's got the same upload speed that I have. He does. So it makes it seem more calculated. No, I heard a lot of people who don't have ADD <laughs> and they said, man, it was really a boring. Ooh. But he's, so anyway, the, the, the reason why I bring it up is he, he, number one, he named his kid some weird name, which whatever, do what you want to do. But then he's selling everything off because everybody's giving him shit for being a billionaire. So he's selling off all these houses. He goes, you know, Wait, I had- so he sells it off and he gets richer. And, well, that, and that, that, how does that well, fix that issue? You can't have assets. Assets are what upset the apple cart. Um, so he's like, well, so, where do you go with the so money? Does he so make a gonna, pile in his so backyard? He's going to rent. So he's going to rent. But what, wait, wait a minute. Well, assets, I don't know. assets. He didn't say. Okay. Technically exactly. he won't have a backyard. He sold everything. <laughs> yeah. But he, he, he assembled these properties and he's like, you know, I was going to build my dream home. And Joe Rogan's like, like Tony Stark kind of shit, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. And, and Elon Musk is like, yeah, kind of a dream home kind of thing. And then he goes, Elon Musk says, and then I thought about it. And I think right now it's more important for me to get us to Mars than it is to build my dream home. 
So he's going to spend his wealth so I put on the, getting I to put Mars. the dream home on hold so I could focus on Mars. That only means Did something you say, to Have me. you said that at all this week that, you know what, I got to ease off on this project because I got to focus on getting us to Mars? I say it about twice a day. But, <laughs> but honestly, tell me the, why getting to Mars is the solution instead of maybe investing in alternate energies and all the things that he could do on this very green planet. Just, I'm not speaking on behalf of anybody. Yeah, I think it's still he's pursuing a legacy. He just, he just, nicknamed, he just named his kid. Mars. No, I think it's X and then A-E. Wait a minute. And G- they say that the A-E is pronounced Ash. Okay. And then, it, and then it's A-11, which is the- Oh, I'm thinking of the, of the, Mar- of the Jupiter moons. <laughs> Mars has, what, what are the names of the Mars? I thought he named his kids like the moons. No, the no. Mars. He named him, his partner named the first part. And the middle part was uh, for the plane that preceded the SR-71 Blackbird. That was his favorite plane, so he named his kid Who after it. Who could ever like something better than the SR-71? That is, to this day, the fastest plane ever. To this date, and it was designed in the 50s, built in the 50s, probably That's designed cool. in the 40s. They're, not, they're, they're all decommissioned, are they? They're not using them anymore, Someone told me that there are a couple in, uh, but I saw one in a museum. There's and, one not far from here. Or maybe it came through town. That's what it was. It was on a, a tour of some sort, I think. A couple of tidbits. That was a while ago. Remember they benched him because it costs like $17 million a year to keep one in the air. Here's a good point. Good point. ADD. The other day, they did a big uh, C-130 and some plane to fly over for the nurses and the whatever. The hospitals, yeah. Why don't you take that money you spent on all that jet fuel and all that bullshit and give them the money? Uh, that, what good is it to fly over? Here's, that's too practical. You know, there's $50,000 in fuel we just pissed away. Why don't we give that to them? I know. I like to play devil's advocate. So I would say, first of all, I agree with you. And on my devil's advocate side, I'd say that humans need inspiration. So what, what is, there's inspiration there. They Maybe need hope. Give me the blue angels. I wish it was SR-71 because then you wouldn't even see it go so fast. Do you know when the SR-71 took off, it was, the landing gear was too light to handle its fuel. So it had this, they call it like critical something. When it took off, it had like seven minutes to get fuel or it was going to crash. And then the little white tires, which are- So they, they took off without fuel? Empty. Yep. And they had dumped their fuel to land because otherwise the landing gear would crush when it hit the, the, the runway. Yeah. And so- Hey, uh, Bobby, I think we got a planning defect here. <laughs> I, uh, I'm running over the numbers and they don't compute. But they're like one not monstrous fuel tank in an engine. And the white tires are, are like white lithium. They had to make them out of that because they got so hot during flight from, from friction that they would blow up otherwise. So you notice the tires are white. So everything about that plane that was designed back then. Somebody knows about the SR-71. Yes, are you going to name your next kid that? I have one name S, next one R, <laughs> seven and one. Oh, that looks good on a Christmas card. <laughs> and, and you pronounce it by saying ash. Yeah, exactly. It's pronounced ash. <laughs> the uh, the seven, the one, and the SR are silent. It's ash. So I left here. I have to ask you a question. So you told me you have two voice coaches? Uh, one currently, yep. And and I- I've I, gone through three. I've not gone through, but yeah. worked with. You wore them out. So I left here saying, <laughs> I understand why, because the cadence of someone with ADD that doesn't have a life coach, hence me, is like so fast that 
that we don't finish sentences. We don't finish words. Yeah. And we we just go from one thought, half a thought, to the next half a thought, to the next half a thought. So you've learned to slow it down. You No, you, well, it says right on top of my page. <laughs> no, my you know page. what? I, um, I, um, I, uh, 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 let me make a note here. I, um, no, that wasn't my problem. I mean, that's my current problem is still <laughs> cadence. Yeah. But I couldn't read. I had to learn how to read. And not that these people taught me to read. I mean, I could read, but I have really bad dyslexia and I never got the, the, the fix. There's a fix. My, my oldest son got the fix. It's uh what is the fix? It's the Orton Gillingham, uh, uh, people that are trained in the Orton-Gillingham way of teaching, it can it can teach you how to reconnect things the correct way. Because basically what it is is you're not connecting like everyone else does. So when you look at the, it doesn't look like the to you. It looks like something else. How We're, do they, tell me that method. How does that even work? Well, and I haven't been formally trained in it. My 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 son has, but it's it's very interesting to see. And it's been, I don't know, 10 years now since he went through it. But um so I had to learn and I'm fixing it by, I, I think, cause my sister has it real bad and I think you can actually like read your way out of it, not completely, but make it a lot better just because it's just like anything. Like, like if you take a kid with heavy dyslexia, they're not, they're not, uh, you know, the, the neurons or whatever aren't connecting where if you continually read, continually read, you're just, you're it's, you know, becomes habit. You know, now I know that when these two are together, it says this, but I still like, I'll go back and look at something. I'll be like, oh shit, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't work. Give us a better example. Give, give us a visual. When um, you read the word Roku, what do you see? You see Roku or are oh, there yeah. certain words that just don't? No. Yeah. It, it, mine don't so much jumble the letters in the words. They'll move the words around. Mm. And I'll just assume that if I see an RO word that it's going to be, you know, road and not Roku. So I immediately go to road when actually if I slow down and look at it, it's Roku. Mm. Um, just because of the way my brain works. And my son, um, you know, he was able to get, they have a special thing at school where they get special attention and, you know, can get extra time on tests and all this. And he had the the certification to, to, to have it. I don't know what they call it, classified as, but he never used it. He, um, he, uh, he's doing very well in college. Like he's, I don't want to say he's in the clear, but it's, it's very interesting to see because when I would sit down with them to read, I think we talked about this last week. Uh, when I would sit down with him to read, I knew right away he had a problem because he read the way I read. And that, you know, and that's why we went and got on this huge test and all this shit. And so it's genetic. Oh yeah. My dad had it. My sister has it. I have it. Hmm. Oh yeah. But, uh, it's not the, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's whatever. But so, so that's why I have all these coaches because now I'm into the point where we're talking about not so much cadence, but inflection you know, uh, commas, periods, like how to, how to deliver that. Because when you're in uh, the voiceover world, you know, when you're in the acting world and you're on stage, you know, you can make a face or you can, you know, you can act where when you're behind the microphone in this blacked out studio that we're in, I can't, you know, you don't get to see what I look like. And that's part of the reason why my fat ass He's dropped wants sexy. to be that way. Well, shit, shit. Um, so, I can hardly hear you with the screaming girls outside that glass. <laughs> that's what I had. To, that's a, it's not to keep the the sound right in my studio. It's to keep the noise from the chicks out. No, I um. So I uh, I've had to learn how to do all of that because you have to. It's so much harder than people think it is. I bet 
People just think, oh, you get on there, you read the commercial, but it's not. To make it make it sound right is so hard. And I have a wonderful coach. Uh, his name is Mark Cashman. He's been awesome. And I got a great audio What's guy. His, uh, how do you end up into coaching? Well, you know, that's the oddity of this whole world of voiceover is I've yet to meet a person who just does voiceover. Everybody is either a coach or a producer or demos or, you know, they all have a side hustle, <laughs> which makes you go, wait a minute. This might not, you know, but, but truly I have enough jobs to where it's just a hobby for me. What you do know, they charge? What's a, what's a voice coach it, charge? It varies. You know, it varies. Like I've, a guitar lesson, 50 bucks an hour. Oh kind of no, 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 no. Not going to get yourself a California voice actor or voice coach for that. Okay. They, uh, no, I, you know, a, a reasonable one is probably, you know, if you buy a package, a hundred bucks an hour and, uh, an expensive one is probably two. You know, there's probably more expensive, like, but like counseling, that's the deepest I've gone. Um, yeah, my first coach, uh, huge, huge in the industry, a great guy, had a ton of fun with him, but he lives that rock star lifestyle. Like that's why I was at the four seasons. Cause he was there and he's like, I'll give you a ride. If anybody wants to share an Uber. Well, so I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, so I dropped the, I'm amazed you fit in the trunk. Well, that's just it. Yeah. That's just it. It was what an experience, man. It was fun though. Voiceover people are great. Cause they get paid to talk, you know, and that's the end goal. I mean, obviously it's a retirement plan for me, but I just have fun with it. You know, it's, it's really a lot of fun and I'm, I'm getting a lot of doors open right now. I've got two, uh, big things getting agency representation. I have two. And I'm now. busy slamming those suckers right shut. Yeah. Well, with your, uh, with your attitude, with yeah. your, with your negativity, <laughs> I, uh, no, I just thought my presence on your show is shutting those doors as fast as you can open them. Well, they weren't open that far anyway. <laughs> <laughs> No, the show's going great. We're putting out uh, uh, two episodes this week. Uh, we had Chef Ted in earlier. He was a dream. God, he brought me in some scones. God damn, that boy can cook. Imagine it was that. so good. So good. What's his, uh, where did, did he do culinary school? Yeah, he went out to New York. New York. Poughkeepsie. You got cussed at in New York to learn how to to, to cook? I, I, don't, I don't know. My big question was, do you have to take a math class? <laughs> Like, <laughs> what do you know, say? Yeah, you just you give know, me that look. Math. You got to learn cups and gallons and teaspoons and, you know, equations of that, I guess. I don't know. It was a good interview. So, uh, so I, my, I always wanted to be a chef. That's like my wannabe thing. So remember I mentioned Mitch from Hell's Kitchen that was uh, my buddy who he passed away now, but. Oh yeah. Some of his wife or something. Wasn't yeah. It? So there were these parties at their house and. And Mitch was the head chef at the uh, place in Stillwater, the, the the nice dining in Stillwater, which might have been. I can't even remember. Oh, uh, God, I haven't been there forever. Everyone who knows fine dining knows that. But, but I swear I've been there. Anyway, he was there for years and before he decided to jump ship and do his Hell's Kitchen thing. And uh, we had this party at their, uh, and she had this big modern house and fit a lot of people and they, she hired a Zydeco band. And I said, I want to be the chef. I want to be the chef. <laughs> so Mitch was a big man before he got his stomach stapled. So all his chef's jackets were big. So I said, you got to get me a hat. You got to get me the Going jacket. all in. I got to do it. So he shows up, we go out in the garage and I change. I come in with this big chef's dress on and, uh, and they prepped all the stuff. So he had everything prepped. And this guy who uh, owns this Dixie's on Grand over there in St. Paul mm. shows up and John's great. 
So John shows up and, and I said, how many people didn't show up for work at your place today? And he goes, don't even remind me. I said, hey man, wanna help me? He's like, I'm not touching anything. I said, here's the deal. You're my coach. <laughs> I said, you tell me what and when, and I do it. So he drank beer and we yucked it up. We had a great time. She had a big commercial kitchen and, and, and people came and go and they, they thought I was the chef. Really? I made this amazing meal, but it was all prepped. And he told me when to hit the roux just right. And I made everything just perfect. And they all came up to me and said, hey, where, do you, where are you a chef at? And I said, ha, 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 ha. I just play one on TV. And they would laugh and walk away. So what did you make? Uh, jambalaya and some other stuff. <sighs> And it was killer. Love and there was this, it was a huge party. And, and even when the police showed up, we didn't leave. And uh, Mitch <laughs> said, ain't a good party unless the police show up. And he and I are up in the upstairs. I still have my chef jacket on. I wasn't taking that off forever. And we were smoking cigars and the police are down there saying, you know, guys, you guys, you know, the Getting Zydeco a little band. loud in here. Z that Zydeco band's got to tone it down. So, so that's my dream is to always have been a chef. So I, I have a great admiration because it's, so unfortunately, it's it's art that disappears. Oh. They create it and it's gone. They have to recreate it every day. You know day. what? Back to the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. It's the sandcastle of the culinary world. That's it. It's a piece of art that doesn't last very long. It's gone. Boom. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, How cool gone. is that? I love food. That's why I'm so fat. Big. He's really skinny. You know, that's part of the deal of my, uh, when I had my stroke, I had lost like 60, 70 pounds on Metafast. Just melts off like butter. And I think it's tied. I Call 1-800. I think it's tied together. That's why you don't see a lot of dudes on the Metafast commercials anymore. Slow down. Back up. What, 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 what's that now? Metafast. You don't know what Metafast why is? Are they, yeah, but why, why don't they so show dudes? So much soy in it. Why don't they soy's, show dudes? Because soy is not good for dudes. I, I oh, really? Yeah, I think there's a long-term effect. It, it Prostate stuff or what? No, like testosterone and- Got no teeth? Growing teats. Got no T. Yeah, no T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, I, but I might do it again just to lose the weight. I don't know. <laughs> the hell with T. Yeah, I don't care. I'm <laughs> old. Don't matter none. Hey, we got to wrap this bitch up, man. We are uh, we are coming up on an hour. Did you get everything off your list? Talk slowly. Talk slowly. Uh -huh. Oh, I had something I wanted to ask you. You know, we were talking about the, uh, the uh, queen and the, and the, and the, uh, folks over there in jolly old England. What about, uh, do you know who um, Boris Johnson is? Yes. Doesn't he always look drunk? Like every time they show him. Pretty much. He just looks like a drunk dude. Is that is that the dude that got, no. He's the prime minister of Is that UK. the dude that got COVID or no? Is no, that where I we're think, going? Yeah. Yeah. And he named his son after the doctor that helped cure him. So that was kind of cool. Because he. Uh, what Russian official got it too? I missed that. Yeah, me. They just said that Trump's uh, Trump's uh, valet. valet has it. And so now, now and everyone's going to be wearing masks around him. He's, and they're all gonna, up in arms about that shit. Yeah, he's going to have everyone wear a mask. Do you think that what they should do at the end of this uh, coronavirus is they should go around to all these local networks where all these weather guys and, and reporters are working from home and be like, oh, it's the last day you get to work from home. You know, why don't you stand up and give us a full screenshot of what you've been wearing for the <laughs> last month? bottoms. Because, you know, they're sitting there in their pajamas or their underwear and, you know, you got suit on the top, business on the top, you know, relaxing on the bottom. I, uh, I, I think it's really weird that they don't go into the studio. Like, they're not on top of each other anyway. It drives me nuts. It's so I'm weird. Sorry. I, I, uh, speaking of which, they, uh, 
that Joe Rogan podcast with Elon Musk, man, he brought up some good points about the pandemic. What are they? Bring bring some up. Well, and I've been saying this the whole time. Who's he? Musk or? Musk. Okay. Uh, I've been saying this the whole time that uh, uh, these deaths, right? There's so many deaths mm-hmm. from it. Mm-hmm. But what it is is that there's so many people working overtime and so many nurses and doctors at these hospitals that they're 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 low on resources, they're low on funding. So the more COVID patients you have, the more funding you get. So if you go in there because you broke your hip and you die, if you coughed at any point, you're a COVID patient. No, they do blood tests. Come on. So no, 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 no. You don't think they no, do? No, no. You're a conspiracy so theorist so, guy. No, this is. He's a conspiracy. This is final. This is. Okay, this is, that's the, the show today. He's a conspiracy theorist. And, no, but uh, that's thanks where, for tuning that's in. That's where Elon Musk was going with it. And, and and that's what I've been saying the whole time, that that they are chalking any death Wait at a, a hospital minute. up to Now you're a conspiracy theorist because Elon Musk has what area of expertise? He, oh, he's fucking smart. Oh, yeah. That, so that makes him know all about medicine. Yes. You're an idiot. Yes. You're an idiot. Oh, it's official. can't we get along? They um uh they do uh uh no no he was just he was backing my point up he heard my oh, podcast so that's why you think I he's a genius because he backs you oh, up because he gets it he, he gets, gets it, it. <laughs> he understands I bet me. your wife is rolling her eyes if she ever listens to she, this she uh 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 yeah no we're not getting into that we had we had a little debate today her and I because you get it and she doesn't I know this routine no 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 no, no I got it. She's at home moving rocks right now. Yeah. It's my girl. Uh, but anyway, so they have all of these deaths from the coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That may not all be coronavirus related. And you don't think they test uh, blood? Do you think they just assign it? Yeah. Oh, totally. Do you think they're going to test? You, 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 uh, you... My, my daughter's a nurse, and they test the hell out of these people. The dead people? Everyone who comes into that hospital. For you, anything. You don't think that, have you ever gone to the hospital? Have you ever had surgery where they, they, they do blood work right away? Before they even look at you, they do blood work. That's true. That's true. So you don't think they pull that test in the COVID times? You know, oh, we missed one test in these COVID times. You should have tested him for COVID. Damn it. That's right. I saw it on the news this morning. But we did test him for some genetic defect. Here, see, see how I shot your a hole in here, that one? Here, here's here's another one that you need. That Here's one that you need to shoot a hole in. Okay. Do you know how many people die per year? From cigarette smoking? Oh, a boatload. I, I hear, I agree with you on that. I just disagree in the other one. Well, we can agree to disagree. Uh, 41,000 people die a year from smoking. In in this country? Just in the United state? States. Okay. Worldwide, 480,000. A, a year? A year. 480,000. Cigarette smoking is responsible for more than 480,000 deaths per year in the United States. But, but let, okay, I'll blow a hole in it. Do you think forty one thousand is secondhand smoke? So, did you see where the UK surpassed? That, that can't be right. Four hundred eighty thousand. Oh, I do believe it. Your mom's got COPD. You're witnessing it. So, do you did you see that the UK surpassed Italy for deaths? No, I don't watch the news. The UK, who snubbed social distancing, now surpassed the country that was used as the redheaded stepchild of the of the world. So, so, so my point to you is this. If we had not done anything, I agree you think we did too much. And there's a strong argument on a lot of places because I do think there's a big debate about the, the, you know, the value of a human life. People are saying society, I get all that. But the truth is, if we didn't do a thing, 
the, they, there would be more deaths in six months, I believe, than, than just from this one thing, which was not a lifelong exposure to cigarettes, which was a brand new exposure to a brand new virus. That's why the movie Pandemic and all these things are playing. And that's why there's so many guys that are just as smart as Elon Musk um, that, that are saying over and over again, we have to do this. Elon Musk isn't, isn't the smartest guy on the planet. Matter of fact, the smartest people on the planet can't function. The, the guy that we went to the baseball game, the photographic memory, mm -hmm. he's, the he's smarter than probably Elon Musk, but you don't know it because he didn't, it, the circumstances didn't align. That's a bold align. statement. It's a bold one. But intellectually, uh, let me just say cognitively, you know, because intellect is really hard. You have EQ, you have IQ, you have all these things. But but the point is DQ. humans. Yeah, DQ. Barbecue. I love DQ. But the truth is, <laughs> is, is to assess the value of someone because of their wealth is a dangerous, slippery slope. And, and, and I wasn't saying because of his wealth. But you said he was really smart. And I think you give him a lot of credibility. I think he is really smart. He is. I granted that. But is he the smartest that we should go to him instead of the people no. who, who actually got their medical degrees and are saying this? That's what you're suggesting. No. Okay. You, you pushed that on me. No, because you you assume that he knows that they did the test they need to, and he's not oh, even that, in the yeah, he's that, not even in the hospital. No, that is me. That is me. I know that's going on. Yeah, see, I heard that from more than theorist. one source. That's legit. You're gonna be the first guy that steps off on Mars, and you forgot your Fuck, helmet. No, never going to Mars. Never going to Mars because <laughs> you don't have the money to pay Elon Musk. No, because I got twenty five thousand dollars at all. How long does it take to get there? You got to be cryogenic almost to get there. <laughs> gotta get, gotta go in a self-induced coma or kind of, or an induced coma. Because it takes like ever. Slow down your metabolism so you don't end up waking up there at a hundred years old. How? How? Hey, how it's great. You, you you left when you were twenty-five, but now you have heart problems and you have a stroke. By the way, on your way here, well, there's no doctor. You're screwed. <laughs> no, Elon Musk's online. He's not a doctor. He's a god, though. How, many, right. how long does it take to get there? Is that a? I just want. All the audience to know that there's 16 pictures of Elon Musk here with halos around his head in his office. Aww. And he's standing on the moon on one and on Mars on three of them. You're cut off. And, uh, yeah. You're cut off. You're starting to get visuals. You're starting to see <laughs> shit. We're going to wrap this thing up, man. We are going long. We uh, we can't uh, oh, we can't close it all up in one day. No, we, we can't digress any further than we already have. No, but you have to get to the bottom to get back to the top. This is true. Boom. So everybody... We can't thank Terry enough for stopping back in. He's going to be a, a reoccurring theme around here, I think, because uh, he looks like he has a lot to say. <laughs> That's the truth. But everyone, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to tell a friend, share the share the podcast with a friend, and uh, get it out there. Download, give us a review, and uh, we'll tune in, or uh, we'll be back next week. So make sure you tune in to see what's happening on the DK Project. Take care. Thank you. That's it. That's the end. That's a wrap. Read the shtick. That's a wrap for today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and tell all your friends. If you'd like to reach out, you can use the studio line at 612-504-6500 or by email, thedkprojectpodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, there's always social media at the DK Project Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. 